0: So welcome to our group retreat, beginning of our uh, retreat period with some sense of gathering together. Mm -hmm. And uh, so gathering together all our intentions and potentials means a lot of relinquishment of other things we could be doing, conceiving of, operating under, just trying to really collect Our energies and our intentions and our attention collect it, let it gather, let it condense into something that's uh, one-pointed, one-purpose, and uh, undistracted. Mm. And uh, so a lot of putting aside, and that takes time actually, things don't just drop off, the careful reflecting, relinquishing, maybe not now, It's sort of settling in rather like a, a bird, chitta, like a bird that's been running around doing this and that and now it sees a tree and it's kind of hovering over where's the place to land and that can take a little time um, so it'll be different for different, each of us can have a different measure of that in these early days, but the aim of this session is to provide the tree and to uh, indicate, um, find your landing place. <laughs> uh, and of course, in some ways, you say this is very simple; it's just your own body and mind. Mm. And yet, that's a lot. Now, also, I'd like to um, use some teaching to really try to. Get as, as close to the Buddha's words as we can. Um, you know, so get right to see exactly what he, kind of what he said, and also what he didn't say. That some of what he didn't say we've added might be useful, and some might not be useful. Some might be one way of looking at it, or one handle on it. Could be good for some people, but let's just get sort of closer to that and try to kind of. Have faith in that and begin to work from that with its very fundamental uh, approach of our own bodies and minds and hearts, that which we live with day by day. Direct experience. Mm. And reflecting on the Dhamma, you know, that which is immediate, directly experienceable, timeless, it's not about particular times and circumstances, it's also not located in a particular place Uh, it's inviting, a sense of come and have a look come in, it's an invitation, it's not a command but it's an invitation, something you could find in here and it's a beckoning and that beckoning is our call of faith Hey, something interests me, it's something to be realized in this this direct animate experience Mm -hmm. Oppanayeko, it's pertinent, it's relevant, it leads as a progressive. Your entry, it starts to take you along, uh, take you in. Vajjatang, it's authentic. means that you directly experience it in yourself, in your own experience. This is a really crucial point in the transmission, isn't it? The way that all the Buddhas can give us the flags, the signals, the words, but actually the moment of that kindling of realization is always intimate. Mm. Uh, and we've got to keep going back to that. Yes, yeah, sounds good, but what do I actually get? What actually lights up for me? Where do Because if it doesn't light up, there's no point following it. Maybe I'm not ready for it. Right now, but it doesn't light up, it doesn't ring my bell, it's not for me now. Mm. And so there's a sense of putting, you know, trying to find where your faith lights, and you get this quality of arousal or chanda, motivation. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and there's an effect of that, it's called a sense of gladdening. Mm. Um. To be realised, to be fully unfolded, to be realised, to be directly sensed by wisdom, by those who are discerning. Mm. So it's something that can be perused, reflected upon, returned to, scanned, mm. assimilated mm. to realisation. This to me is a tremendously um, uh, encouraging Invitation that's right there in our daily salutations. You know, it's putting it right back where you are. Mm-hmm. And perhaps using a language that's, well, one time extremely inviting, even though it's in a foreign language. And it comes apparently from centuries ago. That gives it a kind of really powerful resonance, you mean this happened centuries ago in India and it's still ringing? What kind of bell is this? Nothing else has lasted that long, has it? You know, How come it touches here now? This is really a powerful signal, a powerful bell, or the Buddha called it the deathless drum beating beating with the same vigour as life itself. Hmm. Now, as I was saying the other day, you know, the Four Noble Truths expounded, and then the person who received it had this realisation experience, which doesn't immediately look like it's got anything to do with the Four Noble Truths, or very little. The Buddha's talking about suffering and da-da-da-da-da. And middle path, middle way, and then somehow that lands in this person, and person kandanyo yankinchi samudaya dhamma niroda dhamma. The arising qualities are the ceasing qualities. That which is the nature of arising is the nature of ceasing. We're in wave. We're an experience of wave. In which nothing is actually. Fixed, everything is fluid, but pulsing in this regular pattern of welling up, subsiding, whether that's gross waves, you know, waves of the sea, or the subtle fluctuations of our nervous energies, or the permutations of our thoughts, their emotional currents surging. Uh, mm, this pattern, the pattern is being presented, and he, somehow that. Is considered a deep realization because one thing it says is there's nobody there, there's no separate person looking at all this, there's no separate person dealing with this or stuck in this, there's just this. The person has disappeared. Well, this person, the most common, well, it's be the most fundamental item of our experience is part of the phenomena of arising and passing. And as you... Oh... Look there. That which I experience myself as being is actually thoughts, um, emotions, sensations, Energies, shifts, inclinations, resistances, excitement, passions, worries. It's all part of this whole process. Uh huh. What do we do about it? <laughs> what is there to be done about it? Mm. Open to that. And let that message settle and begin to remove, or release, what's not necessary. What's not necessary is holding on to it. There's no need to grasp because it's, it's, it's revealing itself. We stand back with a sense of awe. Oh, it's this. Something opens to that. And this uh, separation of self from experience which keeps rising up as as an experience in this this wave reality me trying to find something, make something, get somewhere, stop something, become something that isn't here that phenomenon, that piece encouragement through that realize, open out of that is not needed or an obstruction an addition and yet what is needed is to maintain clarity attentiveness presence with that experience of fundamental relativity mm. and through abiding in this the various reflexes of grasping Holding on, pushing, dominating, running away, confabulating, scheming can be experienced as uncomfortable resistances, snags, obstructions to reality. And if we have gone forth a deep sense of wanting to find truth, we must be on guard for those reflexes and realize these are the obstructions. Mm. This uh, realization of changeability, as it's sometimes called, or inconsistency—I call it relativity anicca. So again, I'm trying to refer to the Pali, because this is, um, you know, as close as we can get to the language the Buddha spoke. And uh, all translations must always, by the fact of being translated, have certain nuances or lack of lack of resonance Anicca is the opposite of Nicca Nicca is the absolute the, the, the steady, the constant Anicca are not absolute things are just colloquially speaking Ajahn would say my near, uncertain things are not exactly this or not exactly there they're in, they're in flux, they're in change and yet the strong inclination to pin things down into boxes and numbers and times and locations and entities mm. this experience is called upadana catching hold something catches hold and yeah, that's so fundamental or seemingly fundamental to our reflex patterns but most of the teaching is just around this simple point. Understanding, this grasping, catching hold, meeting it, revealing it, sensing it actually as part of the animate experience that has to be met, understood, and dispassionately allayed. dispassionate, it's not a f- savage process. It's done through recognising we there's an awareness of grasping. Mm. We can be aware of that. Mm. And perhaps be sympathetic to it, what's it about, security? get things steady, make things known. It's about comfort. Give me something to hold on to. Comfortable, satisfying, interesting, stimulating. Mm. Very fundamental instincts that are so built into the whole experience of being alive that we think, how can you ever stop this? The power of the Dhamma actually you can get beyond this because there's something more comfortable, more steady, more niche than all that. Where your need to grasp and hold on can be allayed. And with that comes the ending of the struggling, the ending of the fighting, the ending of the resistance, the ending of the bickering, the ending of the mine and yours. And wouldn't that be a weight off the mind? This is any, To me, this is a very encouraging invitation. Is it worth sacrificing anything for this? And if you're really a light on fire for this, you say, yes, it's worth sacrificing a lot for. Perhaps, you know, <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> In fact, maybe everything. Because we stand on the edge of death. Yeah and this again is part of the background of this whole presentation of what the Buddha was living in why he went forth We stand with our feet our toes just on the edge of death yeah. We keep imagining a future that isn't here and all around us they're dropping, people are dropping like flies and there's some kind of amazing fantasy that sits in the back of the mind. Not now, it won't happen to me. Maybe other people, but not now. <laughs> and we stand on the edge of it. And that's that's the kind of the place where a summoner lives, a gone-forth person lives. i like to say, extend that summoner, not to just people in rows, but anybody who comes to this place in their, in their practice, is going forth in the heart and you're standing on the edge of death you stop being so petty and you stop going into regret and you stop fantasizing and that's an excellent cleansing to really appreciate reality as it's happening this is where you know, the Buddha was teaching from a cultural background Death's everywhere. And of course, there's birth. Something arising and passing. Same process. Arising and passing. Birth, death. Birth, death. What is the point of all this? (laughs) Yeah. And maybe some of us have had that sense of like another day what is the point of all this? <laughs> just going through all this beginnings and endings, another day, another. Where's when all this going? Yeah. And just enough. This is the this is the position of practice mm. or cultivation, realization. as we um, bear in mind is uh, teaching of the Four Noble Truths but Great Truths, the Buddha's first lucid exposition and right there, first Noble Truth you know, things we always recognise separation of the love, is Dukkha association we don't like is Dukkha not being able to get what we want is Dukkha and so on, birth and death, Dukkha and then Panchupada Nakanda dukkang. <laughs> what? Five. Panchupada catching hold, clinging, kanda. And so this is translated as the five aggregates. Affected by or, sus, or subject to catching hold, clinging. And so we start to enter our first piece of language, you know, in this, in this Dhamma teaching presentation that we have to pause around. What's that? I never heard of this before. Mm. So, mm-hmm. well, there it is, right at the beginning, laid out. Mm. And if the upadana, that clinging, is a thing we need to come to terms with, maybe we should look very clearly at the basis of it when it's come right in that first teaching. Five aggregates mm. Rupa, shape, form, uh, Vedana, sense. Sensitivity, often translated as feeling, but perhaps something more primary than our emotions. But the very sensitivity, that being affected, where where pleasure and pain start occurring, as aspects of the vibratory wave experience, quite powerful aspects, because when those come in, the waves start rippling, feeling sanya interpretation meaning signifies something that sense of being affected means something it means it's happening to me that's what it means ah i've arrived at least the receptive aspect the passive aspect the impacted aspect has arrived sanya this is happening to me That's an addition, isn't it? What's the me? The me is what sanya generates Mm. The ability to interpret, be affected What happens then? Sankara's responses, strategies, reactions, choices, intentions start getting waves, start really moving out fourth aggregate, sankara. karma action action of body, action of mind, action of heart something starts inclining, wishing, resisting, wanting activations, karma, action starts happening right here, before we even move a hand it's already starting mm. What does it do? It pours out into the sense fields through consciousness seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, touching, thinking mm. and this stuff starts bubbling and consolidating, coagulating forms. Me, the affected, I, the doer. And then the web has been created in which the me and the I are bonded to that web, struggling in the net of it all. Trying to find a way out of it, or make it sense, or tidy it up, find a home in it. This, this the Buddha said, is dukkha, because there isn't one. There's no home in that. There's no final resting place. It's uh, we're bemused by the entanglement of this reflex creation. Bemused, fascinated, in love with it. Mm. So much so that it's only through understanding the discomfort, the frustration of that that one begins to begin something called nibbo, nibida, nibbing, nibida, losing interest fading out not fascinated disenchanted enough of all this Mm. and the possibility for a deeper dispassion so there's no fighting with that, it's just the realising what's there and the frustration and the short-term benefits and the long-term pointlessness of all that And that nibbida, that cooling, that dispassion leads to nibbana, the unbinding of the web, the unbinding of the tangle. So all that waveforms can die down, not through hammering them, but just through this sense of this dispassion, detachment, and. Uh, There's a realization. The Tathagata teaches this. It means there's some way of being present with that when the waves subside. The subsiding of the waves does not mean nihilism because the Tathagata is able to be there, has been there, presents it, teaches it clearly the person is conscious, alive he's been there so there is something beyond all that movement something that's very difficult to wrap a word around because that's more construction but our faith is encouraged by that this is not about pessimism it's release from the net it's freedom. And the Buddha said, you know, very simply speaking, paramang sukham, the highest, the most profitable, the most further beneficial form of ease. Hmm. So, as I was mentioning, you know, in that uh, presentation where Kandanyo gets this point, there's actually no meditation practice mentioned, there's no technology, it's just a straight, there you are, he's listening to it, he's not, he's there. So everything else is kind of added as you need it, as you need it. One of those other disciples who were present that time, couldn't other one of the other disciples, Asaji, also had this powerful realization. The release from the sense of me and I am, which is. Senses, just perception occurs, but it doesn't have to be occur to somebody. There's meaning, interpretation, yet. It doesn't have to land and be grasped at into some lasting memory that sticks there (laughs) with all its pangs and nostalgia. It's just that, it's gone just enough and the I am that does things is just that which is necessary to sustain awakeness clarity in this animate condition this is the arahant and Asaji went off wandering the Buddha instructed him to just say go so others might see you and be gladdened. And two of them were Sariputta Mogalana, who were then two seekers probably had their various practices already they might have you know, done various forms of meditation and so forth, so they, they were in there. And they asked to see this Asaji so, who is this? His faculties are serene and composed. His features are bright. There's something special about this person. What's your teaching? Oh, well, I'm just a newcomer. Gautra is my teacher. I'm just a newcomer to this. I can't explain very much. I'm just, I can't get my mind around it. Well, just give us a hint. <laughs> just a little clue, that would be enough. Um, says well. Okay. Um, so what he says, Ye dama hetu babawa. Te sung etung tatagata aho. Aha. Te sancha ni rodo. Te sancha yo rodo. E one. E one wadi. E one wadi. Summon mm-hmm. This is the means, simply speaking again, all Dhammas which have a, arise from a cause the, the Tathagata teaches, has seen those and is has seen where they cease this is his teaching again, uh, what is that? and again, the same realization occurs whatever is arising is in ceasing in the minds of Sariputta or galana, and they realize, hey, penny drops, stream entry, or that vision of stream entry. There's no no person here. There are phenomena that need to be held in awareness, and not just phenomena, but the the process of arising and ceasing, and what causes it, a to the root cause what causes all that to keep welling up an encouragement go in there, look into that what is it that's keeping this conglomeration solidified and seemingly made into a a person who is struggling in a world that's separate from them mm-hmm. Yeah where the separation from the loved separate from it and you're impervious to it as association with the dislike, that happens the problem of sentiency I can't, there's things I really like but I can't hold them there's things I don't like but I can't resist them (laughs) you know where's that going to end? where feeling, where sensitivity and perception and responses are subdued sensitised, relaxed Mm. Mm. and right in there there's the the clue it's within this so as we contemplate uh, This process, form, things, the something, there's an item of various kinds, something arises out of nothing, the form, sensitivity, there's some kind of being impacted by that. Mm -hmm. And then there's the interpretations, meanings, sanya, that's him, that's her, it's Friday, that's time for dinner, whatever. As interpretations occur and the motivations and responses start happening. And in the arising of that, the me and the I am, it's called the arising, a welling up of citta. And the arising of what's called nama, the naming of things, the knowing of things, and rupa, things in themselves, that arises. The arising of chitta, chitta starts rising up. Something that produces karma that comes out into activity, heart, mind, mm. responsive system, starts going. Mm. And this can be called the liberation. The freedom of chitta from all grasping is deathless. Another saying of the Buddha doesn't mean we get rid of it but just free that from upadana from catching hold what supports that? since this holding on seems so innate to our experience well, be mindful select stabilize Uh, Your feeling, perception experience, your form experience just into mm, a sense of being here. Your body, the animate condition with all its energies and heart with its sensitivities. Not into what it produces, but into the root of it. Not into what it does and forms, but into the fundamental potentials of that. It's something you don't actually do, but just happens. So it says, "Well, okay. Well, for example, when you're standing or sitting, what happens? The energy's moving through the animate condition. There's breathing, there's vibrancy, there's this." And for subduing or calming those waves, why don't you tune into a wave form that's not created through an act of will, it is not an idea, it's not a religious doctrine, it's not something you have to figure out, it's called breathing. It just happens to you. That's part of the given. And within that you experience sen- sensitivities, feeling, you uh, and maybe you feel, I am, you know, it's happening to me. But the I am that does things can just be quiet, receptive. And that changes things radically. The karma, the I am as doer, is arrested. Subdued. Mm. Not to be that which is watchful, be that which is learning from its experience rather than making something out of it. Be something, be that which is learning from. Turn your activities into inquiry and listening. That's an activity. We do it a lot. Inquiring, listening, sensing. Then soothing, calming, relinquishing what isn't needed. Turn your action, turn your I am doing towards that. This is a skillful karma. Karma that leads to the end of karma. Karma that leads to the Scheming, planning, strategizing, bickering, wanting, craving, just turn it this way. Mm. Be for your welfare and benefit. Because then your citta, thus held, thus contained, starts to tune into fortunate resonances that don't throw it out into sights and sounds and touches and thoughts plans, schemes, just tunes it into this inner quality of the body, of the embodiment the subtle energy of the body's life, breathing in and out same wave occurring, rising, passing, waving, wavering, fluctuating, it always does that that same reliable signal which was a signal of realization is happening to us right now it's revealed, it's, it's direct, it's immediate why don't we have a pay attention to it? <laughs> because these accumulations of feverish activities, of discursive plans, of notions and projects kind of clogs up that that bareness even though it's still happening within all that Hmm. Could it be that through tuning into this some of that ways we think and operate can listen into that message and be more steady pick up the message of truthfulness, steadiness, and relinquish messages of aggression, pressure, force, domination, superiority, inferiority, conflict. This already will be for our welfare and benefit, Would be for our relinquishment of the source of suffering and stress, just right here. Um, what do you need to do to be with that? to listen up wakeful, obviously Mm. holding the body steady spine upright so the breathing can do its job of keeping us freshened Mm. relaxing the muscles we don't need So we can also have the relaxed quality. Alert and relaxed at the same time. Alert, breathing in. Relaxed, breathing out. Mm. Relaxation that supports alertness, not sluggishness. Relaxation of the unnecessary, of the hasty, of the blurring frantic energies, relaxing them. So that, not going into sluggishness, but cleaning, so there is alertness. Walking, the simplicity of walking, what happens when we walk? The pressures, the movements of the body, all arising and passing. All moving through, same form. And now instead of the breathing, it's the movements of sense of contact impressions as your foot touches the ground, as your body receives that, and then the foot leaving the ground, subsiding, end of that space, contact, firming up, releasing space. And we notice also that space which, end of the breath space inhalation end of the inhalation opens end of the exhalation space end of the inhalation opens walking, instead of walking to get somewhere walking in order to experience that same pattern sense of a pressure of the body on the touching the ground, the release of that pressure as the foot leg leaves the ground, openness, and then firming up again. This turning these waves into rhythm so that the chitta is soothed, calmed, eased, it's frantic congestions begin to dissolve. <coughs> Simplicity we call cultivation or a base for cultivation because even within that very base which in some ways seems so strikingly obvious there is needed faith that which reminds us there needs to be the gladdening gladdening of the heart even a gladdening that you feel in your body when it feels fresh and bright Pamoja turning into Piti uplifted state and these arising factors associated with awakening start to form when there is gladness there is relaxing there is happiness, there is steadiness, there is samadhi. This is the rising tide of the Dhamma that comes in as we relinquish. Then faith is confirmed because it's saying yes, if you do this rather difficult business of sacrificing, giving up, putting aside, One's choices, one's schemes, one's future, one's even one's sense of identity of what I want and don't want. These are not small things to relinquish. But the payoff <laughs> is out of this world. You'll start to find yourself rising through no, without willpower. Just feeling gladdened. And this is the beauty of our cultivation the Buddha pragmatists say we are definitely attracted to ease and happiness this is the highest this way Mm. when that ease and happiness arises not because we schemed at something grabbed something and formed something and bought something and made something arises because we've actually relinquished those tendencies. This is what else can happen but a sense of awe and faith that we're in something bigger than me and yet intimate. The whole dominant domination paradigm of the self is overthrown because it's seen as fundamentally lesser than our potential as uh, you know that which inhibits our potential has to be perfected in order to get what I want this is this is a whole system is limiting the potential of something vaster that we can feel immensely comforted and steadied within. So this is our opening um, movements, our opening, settling in. Uh, I shouldn't imagine anybody's going to feel themselves totally settled on day one, certainly not on the first hour. (laughs) Things run around, don't they? But rather than kind of take issue with them, Project them onto yourself, I am this way, or they do this to me, or the system, just, just, just yeah, but <laughs> feel those energies of nervousness, anxiety, a bit of irritation, ill will, okay, you know, restlessness, and where does all this come from, the source of it? In there somewhere there's a struggling being. Struggling being, can that sense of the struggling being, the chitta, struggling that forms myself, could that be just something we listen to and gently, lovingly hold carefully and say, We're well, just yes, but it doesn't stop you breathing, does it? Yes, but you can breathe. And you can move and walk. You can experience this living experience, and you can reflect on santitiko akaliko ehipasiko. You can reflect, and in those you'll find benefits that are worth dwelling upon. And actually, transform in the whole way we operate for our welfare and for the welfare of others The relinquishment of grasping is the big project uh, for our welfare, for the welfare of the entire world and it's an honour in feeling one could be part of this enormous project to release a grip that crushes everything, fragments everything. So let's take some time for our direct practice.